the strange and unexplained. A critique of the mind, an exploration of the unknown, guided by curiosity, we creep through the shadows to uncover the mystery of the week. Just sit in his chest like nipples. Nipples. What if they were never eyes? It's just, just nipples. Glaring nipples. <laughs> and that's why I've been telling you: if you want to learn to vacuum, you can't start vacuuming the ceiling. Yeah, because I mean, well, like if cords come down and stuff, like the blood could like be what? There's blood when you vacuum. Stuff that's in the in the attic. Yeah, live in my house. You know the problem. Anyway, welcome back, everyone. To season 3D. So put on your red and blues, baby, because we're back in action. And it's mystery of the week time. 3D. Our whole break, we've been figuring out, you know, how can we bring audio to that next step? 3D audio. Yeah. And so we were entrusted with some pretty, honestly, pioneering technology. And we're going to 3D a podcast. Yeah, this we're going to 3D audio. Have you ever wanted to, like feel like maybe you could touch words touching words you can touch my you can touch my <laughs> voice now seriously put on your 3d goggles it's pretty neat what oh. do you think your voice would sound like if you could touch it like muscles like muscle <laughs> <laughs> like bulging through a shirt that's like muscle fit you know from like abercrombie i envy your um confidence i oh, like yeah. mine, i would like to think mine would be like fuzzy but also like fun, like your like favorite, a mold. like your favorite. No, oh. no. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe beautiful moss in a forest. I will take. Yeah. But I was thinking, like your favorite stuffed animal from when you were little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we like, you know, the fur was kind of matted down a little bit, but most of it was pretty good. No, I was you just talking about I'm my talking bear. About, I was talking about my voice. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, yours. You're like a fuzzy blanket, very comfy. Thank you. <laughs> so. What are we, what are we gonna do for the start of this kickoff season? You might ask yourself if you've been following us on social media. Might have seen the Mothman. Been dropping hints. Did you guess it? Congrats, you're very good. Let us know if you did guess it. I'm very curious. I mean, you had a you had a dual screenshot of the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> 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 if they didn't guess that. You're, I'm going to say you're bad at guessing. I love you guys. You're bad at guessing. Let me know if you didn't guess it. But anyway, no, I suck at guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you guys know I suck at guessing and I never guessed it. Stop. I have noticed that Mothman had become the hot cryptid, if you will, of 2019 to 2020. People were giving this creature a lot of extra attention and it was popping up everywhere you looked throughout the internet, which is ironic given the current circumstances and the lore of Mothman's presence, trying to warn the whole world at once over the world wide web. What did you just say to me? <laughs> no, it's 100% true. Our cryptids was slammed with yeah. Mothman stuff. I it mean, was pretty crazy. I know we have Instagram, follow the hashtag cryptid, and every hashtag cryptid was like an artist rendition of Mothman, which I love. I love Mothman. Mothman's I, so cool. One of my favorites, and I've 
after like deep diving this far into it such a special part in my heart love it fluttering mothman you put moths in my belly there's there's mothman flutters in my heart so our creature feature of the hour mothman a mysterious harbinger of doom that brings in despair on its wings and unknowing dread through the glean of its eyes a creature that is either warning or causing disaster to those that see the Mothman soaring through the skies. Still up for speculation. What we want to bring you in this episode are sightings, aftermath of the Mothman, presence around the world, and the origin of this strange beastie. Can we solve the mystery of curses, aliens, mutation, or ancient beings? I think I'm up to the challenge. I feel like I've been living and breathing nothing but Mothman for a couple of weeks now. Deep. I fully read Mothman Prophecies. Highly recommend. Very good book. Well written by John Keel. Watch the Mothman Prophecies movie. We watched the X-Files episode, which I mean, what's quote unquote the X-Files Mothman episode, which is called Detour. Mulder happens to mention it, but it's not really. Yeah, those things were not Mothman. They were little green Little green creatures or clear creatures that had... Blend into the forest. They didn't have wings. At most, they had red eyes. But you know what? I rewatch X-Files regularly my throughout my show. life, so <laughs> I'll take it. You also watched the Mothman Legacy. That was that was pretty telling because they actually did go in and interview all the residents of, of the area. It's pretty neat. Which covers... Well, perfect segue. Are you a professional? Yes, some would say. What better place to start with this popular cryptid than where the creature was popularized? Before 1966, the people of West Virginia dismissed reports of suspicious flying creatures, dubbing them as untrue and tall tales. One such tale involved a father and a daughter who were traveling along the highway near the Ohio River, early 1960s. As they cruised along the road, suddenly a human-like figure stepped into the road, just casually came along to fuck this family up for like funsies, I guess. Yes. Well, and they and they said this that was huge walking into the road just casually. So, in order to avoid hitting what they thought was a person, they slammed the brakes. As the brakes squealed upon the figure, it unfolded a huge pair of wings and rocketed straight up into the air. That would be the so gnarly to see. I mean, just imagine casually driving down the road. Someone steps out in the road, very scary. Anyway, you pause and then they rocket to the air. Bang. Imagine like coming up on something and just. Just that thought of like assuming wrapped your head around what you're seeing and then it does something totally off kilter from what you were expecting and it's like, oh, didn't expect that to be a person with wings. I would be shit. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean shit myself. <laughs> My whole body is shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I am composed completely of shit, which funny enough is what they were saying. Those people were full of for saying a man had wings. Right. Up to this point, that's what that's what West Virginia thought. Well, the jokes are circling. It's good. More stories trickled in. In 1965, a woman told her neighbors that her young son was seeing an angel in their yard. Another woman claimed to have seen a man, at least six feet tall, with huge butterfly wings. No one was convinced that these stories were something to pay any mind to until two fateful nights in November of 1966. Probably thought, oh, these are just co cosplayers. They're just out here dressing up like butterflies because they enjoy butterflies. Which or, is it's early cosplay. 1960s cosplay. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't know that 1966 is a big year for cosplay? Welcome to West Virginia, ahead of the curve. <laughs> also, West Virginia known for being ahead of a curve. Ahead of the curve. <laughs> All right. 
Let's go to November 15, 1966 to be exact, in Clendenin, West Virginia, a small community nestled between hills and hidden under a blanket of forest. Five men were preparing a grave at the local cemetery for a funeral the next day. Suddenly, a rustle in the nearby trees startled them. As their attention turned to the forest beyond, a tall, winged figure covered in dark scales appeared. Before the terrified workers could grasp just what appeared before them, the creature rose into the sky with its massive wings, flying in slow circles above before soaring off into the night. Guys were scared they were digging their own grave. That's what they thought at the time. You can put fear into a grave digger, something's up. Because grave diggers don't have anything left to fear. I mean, you're in a they're cement... At, they're six feet under most times. In the middle of the night, probably. I, I assume anything that takes place of work-wise in a cemetery is middle of the night. <laughs> it's the graveyard shift. Seems like it wouldn't be the proper time it's, to be digging the grave. It's called the graveyard <laughs> shift the graveyard. for a reason. <laughs> In the days following the cemetery sighting, many more reports of a very similar creature started coming out just 50 miles away in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Welcome to Point Pleasant! Do you think they like went through different names of what to name their city? Like Tip of Happiness? Mount, Mount Alright? <laughs> yes, I do. The edge of this will be okay? <laughs> the edge of this will be okay. <laughs> And at that, now that we've reached Point Pleasant, what we forgot to do is cheers. We did forget to choose some. What, what, what are you drinking? Uh, a pineapple serrano margarita by Tin Barrel Brew. Icy Spicy, stuff. but refreshing deliciousness. It's a canned cocktail. Heavy on the tail. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I ended up picking up Boneyard. Bend Oregon's own Boneyard. Diablo Rojo. Red Ale? Here, ch listen, just listen to the crispness of this. Cheers, Mystery Crew. Welcome to season three. Good to be back. Welcome. <laughs> Baby, it's been a month and a half. Things have gone wild. Let's see what's wild inside. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. People really took notice when two young couples told their frightening tale on the night of November 15th, 1966. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet had been out for a drive near the town of Point Pleasant. As they wound around the countryside, they came upon an abandoned government facility called West Virginia Ordnance Works, also known as the TNT plant. So let's set the scene for the TNT plant because it's, as you would expect, an abandoned government facility to be dangerous, very spooky. And also probably dangerous. No, it was super spooky. Uh, I was looking at I was looking at overhead views and like through the TNT Works maps, and it's very spooky in there. Ominous, Ooh, yeah. It's it's big. I it's mean, really big. If a tail was gonna come out of something, it would be this place that was just like free to be roamed by the townspeople and believe believe it still is. I would love to go to I'm it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it still is. Well, it was make out point. Kissy's kissy spot point. It was kissy kissy time at TNT plants. Kissy kissy boom boom. <laughs> kissy kissy boom boom. <laughs> so the plant covered more than 8,000 acres on the bank of the Ohio River. It's made up of large concrete domes that were once used to store explosives during World War II, along with the large main factory and smaller structures dotted about. I imagine it, and it is described as being very maze-like. And you cannot forget the classic spooky puzzle piece of underground tunnels worming beneath. Plenty of places to hide. 
plenty of places for a mysterious creature to lurk. All around the abandoned plant were steep ridges and winding hills hidden by lush forest. The entire grounds long forgotten and left to decay. So it's so it's so scary. Like if you guys go on there, I mean we'll we'll post pictures of it, but I highly suggest exploring it on Google Earth because it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a cool idea. Pretty scary. Wait, go on there with Google Maps right now if you can, and let's just funnel through it as we explain. As the two couples pulled up to the front gates of this TNT plant, they noticed two red lights in the darkness beyond, just hovering seven feet above the ground. Unsure of what they were gazing upon, in a desolate place such as this, where nothing had been in working order for years, they did exactly what you would scream at your TV to not do in the movies, and stepped out of the car for a closer look. We gotta get a little bit closer to this, because, I mean, this looks pretty fucked up over there. But you know what? Come, come on with me. Let's go. Let's go. They're like, I can't kissy kissy boom boom if there's lights if shining on us. I'm getting spooked out over here. I can't get a three, three quarters chub or anything. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. You know, what am I supposed to do if I get all spooked out over here? I can't get spooked up up here. Oh, <laughs> you know no. <laughs> They suddenly realized the glowing red orbs were eyes gazing down on them. As their eyes adjusted to the dim moonlight standing before them in the shadows was a humanoid figure with scaly black wings wrapped around its back. Upon this realization, the couples raced back to their vehicle and slammed the accelerator to hightail it out of there. The car sped and skid back down Route 62 at 100 miles per hour. The creature unfurled its wings and shot straight up into the air. With its glowing red eyes ablaze, the scarberries and mallets could see the giant winged creature keeping their pace. As they raced the seven miles back to Point Pleasant and squealed their tires up to the county courthouse, they turned with panted breath to see the creature had disappeared into the night. Still, in a frenzy fright, they notified the sheriff, urging him to follow them back to the TNT plant. But when they returned, there were no winged monsters in sight, just darkness. Obviously not. Not going to be a winged monster there. You know why? Because he flew 100 miles an hour with the car all the way to town. Someone should tell the cop that. Like, hey, he followed us, so. He's still like 100 miles Maybe per hour that fucking, way. <laughs> he's not back there, cop. As the sheriff tried to radio back to the station, there was nothing but garbled static on the other side. So miles out from town to try and catch a strange creature, no communication could be made. And this wouldn't be the last time the sheriff would stare out into the vast darkness of the TNT plant with a matching pit in his stomach searching for an elusive winged monster. Roger and Linda Scarberry claimed they received a visit from the same mysterious monster at their home later that same night. They continued to hear sounds they couldn't place around their home. They became so frightened, they later moved from that home to another to escape the nightly waking nightmares that haunted them following the giant man-bird encounter. So that night, after they had ended up going home, got home from being with the sheriff, the mallets were so scared about just being alone now because they had just been frightened from the whole from the whole thing. No, everyone peed their pants a little bit. Everybody was pissed. That's not in the report. <laughs> not everybody was pissed. Everybody pissed their pants. <laughs> Which I mean, I would be pissed if I pissed my pants. But so the mallets were so scared, they ended up staying at the Scarsbury uh, trailer. And so they all spent the night together, slept with the lights on, and then the next morning, they went back to the munitions plant. Back to the munitions plant with, with daylight on their side. They started investigating, looking at where the monster, they had seen the lights from the, from the monster's eyes. 
And when they went to the area, they saw tracks. Now, the tracks look like two horseshoes together. I can't find pictures of the horseshoe prints. I'm sure that it's 1960-something. They probably didn't have cameras with them. That They were just like, blah, blah, blah. Like Let's flip take a phone. couple of these. The best description I got from what they had described was two horseshoe prints put together, but smooth. I don't know what that means. Horse stuff. If you know horse stuff, talk to us. Let us know what that Mystery lingo podcast means. Podcast at gmail.com. Apparently everybody in 1966 knew what horseshoe lingo was. <laughs> you know, horseshoes. You know, horseshoes back to back, but smooth. <laughs> <laughs> back to back, but smooth. Reversing back a bit to the night of them at the TNT plant, this winged beastie was a busy bird because... Also that very night, Newell Partridge was watching television at his home, 100 miles away in Salem, when all at once, the television screen went blank and an unusual wavy pattern flashed across it. As the television gave way to silence, something outside began to make a very high-pitched whining sound, causing their dog Bandit to start howling in response. Quickly reacting to the sudden chaos, Noel grabbed his flashlight and slipped outside to see what was causing the commotion and very unusual noise. But as soon as he had reached the porch, all the noise had subsided. As he gleaned his flashlight across the yard, the beam reached his hay barn. There stood two glowing red orbs that Noel could sense as eyes glaring back at him. As soon as the flashlight spotted the figure, Bandit took off from the porch toward the creature. An intense wave of fear struck Newell and could not bring himself to make chase for his dog. Newell was so frightened that he slept with his gun that night. The next day, he followed his dog's muddy tracks to the hay barn. Suddenly, they stopped at the hay barn and just tracked in a circle where the creature had been the night before. Bandit was never seen again, as if the poor pup had vanished into the air. Well, yeah, they said it vanished into thin air, but it more like shot up into the air. Probably got grabbed. Yeah, snatched. Pooch snatched. Pooch snatched. You snatched my pooch. <laughs> I got pooch snatched. My pooch got snatched. We've been having rampant cases of pooch snappings. <laughs> pooch snatchings. <laughs> Gosh, but as a dog lover and a dog parent of two. <laughs> Disco would run. <laughs> oh my god, Disco would have went after Mothman immediately and he would have been pooch snatched. Yeah, but if Mothman would have like lunged at him or something, Disco would have ran away. You seen him. He's a little scaredy cat. <laughs> He's fast. I watched him run away from a Pomeranian the other day, and it was sad. But I think dog disappearances is, I mean, I know this is pretty heavy, given if anyone knows where this leads, the saddest part of the Mothman War. It's like, I want to love you, Mothman. I think you're doing great. But also, like, dogs are going missing. So, not cool. Not cool. That is not cool. Cats? Okay. Uh, I get it. I mean, cats, no one really likes them. They're just... They're just around, but a dog? Controversial. Yeah, well. Is it controversial? I feel like it's a known fact. (laughs) But go on. Moving on before we piss off any more cat parents. But it was reported that Noel had this to say about his encounter. I think the hardest thing to explain is the feeling involved, except to say it was an eerie feeling. I've never had this feeling before. It was as if you knew something was wrong, just couldn't place what it was. This eerie and mysterious feeling of dread brought about by this creature would become contagious throughout Point Pleasant. The following night, several people gathered at the TNT plant to search for the strange being, but their group's search was frivolous because the creature had other plans. 
The Thomas family lived just a few miles from the TNT plant, and while the TNT plant search ensued, several members of the Thomas family reported seeing hovering red lights moving about strangely outside their home. But they didn't let the creepy, strange lights outside ruin their game night. (laughs) (laughs) And they still had some family friends over the Bennets. After a night of wholesome family fun, I'm I'm editorializing that they had a game night, by the way. I just feel like, what else are you going to get to do in the 60s? Acid? Yes. (laughs) They could have been doing like one of those key bowl, uh, well, like a fishbowl parties where everybody puts their keys in, but there's only two couples there. So, right. And all the kids have to be like, You're go like, to the other room. We're doing our thing now. <laughs> <laughs> the kids in, in the house. Oh, no. I mean, their kids are with them. So the- <laughs> all right. Everybody get the We have heavily editorialized what the families did together they're, for fun. They're getting crazy in the 60s <laughs> from what we find out. I don't, I'm not sure. So, after a night of wholesome family game fun. <laughs> The Bennets were leaving the Thomas home, and as they were walking out to their car, a tall, winged BC. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a beast? It was a BC. (laughs) A tall, winged BC with eyes aflame rose up from behind the vehicle as if it had been laying down, just taking a wee little nap. Just snoozing for a second. Just sneezing. Just sneezing for a second. Why don't you quit bugging me right now? (laughs) Very Canadian. I imagine he came up like a mummy or Dracula, arms crossed, Whoa. and just like rising straight back from his heels. Whoa! Whoa. Well. I'm, I'm a napping here. <laughs> We're He's very, very Italian. <laughs> What's the happen here? Moth- Mothman doesn't learn is very worldly. He's worldwide, all right? Mothman worldwide. So startled Mrs. Bennett dropped her baby, who began to cry at the betrayal. But the mother was frozen with fear and couldn't even react as the shadow creatured eyes were ablaze to hers. Her husband scooped up the baby and took a hold of his wife's arm and ran back to the house where Papa Thomas pulled them in, locked the door, and hit the lights. Thank you, Papa. Papa T. Trying not to make a sound, they hid in darkness. The creature creeped up onto the porch and pressed its red eyes to the window, trying to peer in, beaming the rooms with intrusive red light. <laughs> it's just glaring in red, a red light cast around the room. Creep, creepy peeper, like up to the window. Anyone seen that? <laughs> it clicks. The families remained huddled together in fright and sneakily called the police. But by the time the police arrived, the lurking intruder was gone. A classic tale. After this incident, Mrs. Bennett was so overwhelmed by the frightening encounter that she complained of nightmares for months afterwards and probably denied further invites to game nights at the Thomases. Aw, so no more acid parties at the Thomases. Takes just one bad trip. And we'll find out later that many people, they actually ended up reporting that they had nightmares. And mental problems. That's the one way of putting it. <laughs> with, uh, with uh, mental anguish. From that point on in Point Pleasant, the sightings began to grow, and reports on the monster of Point Pleasant appeared in the Point Pleasant Register. <laughs> <laughs> the PPR. This led to the creature finally receiving a name from the immensely popular 1966 television series, Batman. But they didn't name the creature after the beloved main character portrayed by Adam West. No, 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 no. Boring. They went for... Mothman. Mothman! 
who is actually called Killer Moth in Batman, and nothing on the creature has been described as dusty and did have scales, which moths don't. But Point Pleasant, you do you, I suppose. I think everybody thinks this thing is made of dust. Has anybody else... You know, message us at oh mystery of the week podcast at gmail.com or uh, also hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Tell me, did you believe that moths were made of dust? I was always told moths are born from dust. They, I don't know, are moths just nighttime butterflies? A lot of questions I have about those. So since then, the Point Pleasant area in West Virginia has become known as home to the Mothmen. But this would only be the beginning of Mothmen's presence in this area, and some even claim them to be prophecies of Mothman leading to the fateful bridge incident. But now that we have a name for this mysterious creature, let's talk Mothman characteristic. There are hundreds of sightings and reports Got in bed with me. Oops. A Mothman. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> sexy tales of Mothman. I guarantee there are. Yeah, you know there's Mothman. I left my Thanks. husband for Mothman, the National Enquirer says. Mothman was everywhere. There are far too many reports and stories that we could cover in a podcast. But witnesses that spotted Mothman gave a variety of descriptions, but those that remained consistent throughout were... That the creature was about seven foot tall, with a wingspan of more than ten foot wide had scaly brown, gray, and dark rust-red scales covering an insect humanoid body. And the most defining feature, iconic of the Mothman, large glowing eyes said to glow like bicycle reflectors or a flame with a mesmerizing red that could glare straight into one's soul. Some reported the eyes sat upon an insect-like face, while others reported that they protruded out of a creature's chest instead. Which begs the question of are we foregoing the whole head if the eyes are in the chest or does it have like just a head with a mouth and the eyes are in the chest i had this question the whole time because there's several reports of them seeing mothman without a head but then definitely describing eyes so either his eyes just sit in his chest like nipples nipples what if they were never eyes it's just Just glaring nipples (laughs) I could feel his nipples staring into my soul. I couldn't stop looking. At his bright red nips. It's almost like they had a point to them. A dip. So pinch those nips aside and we'll just assume their eyes. All right, so. Mothman would lurk and fly with gliding silence, but would also attempt to serenade the locals with high-pitched whines, hums, and screeching. That's my love language. (laughs) The screeched whining would be so loud and pitched as to cause radio interference. Another interesting tidbit on Mothman's flying pattern is that the creature isn't reported as flapping its wings in the air, but instead just glides and when taking off, shoots straight up into the air like a rocket and hovers like a helicopter. Well, and and... So that was one thing that they uh, were covering inside the Mothman Legacies, the do- the documentary we were watching, is that West Virginia was settled by a lot of Scottish people. And so Scottish people have this, the story of banshees. And so if we say that they're bringing over their culture, and maybe these are more than just stories, are they actually bringing over their cryptids as well? 
and Celtic culture is very heavily saturated in storytelling and folklore. So they were just very ingrained, I feel like, in their culture to pass these on and it just evolve. Definitely, yeah. Tori, these aren't banshees anymore. This is a mothman. Now, I'm no bird expert. Do I look like a bird expert? Bird experts look way different. But it's been pointed out that aerodynamically, Mothman is ill-equipped for flight. A seven-foot human-like figure weighing in about 200 pounds would need a wingspan even larger than 10 feet to get up off the ground. Billion feet. A gajillion feet at least. But let alone taking off straight into the air like a helicopter. Forget about it. Forget it. Fuck it about it. Fuck about it. Fuck about it. Fuck about it, okay? Between the Mothman's glowing red orbs and screeched calls, the creature seems to have the ability to captivate those that hear or lay eyes upon the creature and report feeling an unfamiliar sense of dread and of mind control from the Mothman, causing a heavy, oppressive feeling that is unlike any other and cannot be described. People say these feelings you just cannot shake and stay with you for months, if not forever, after your encounter with the Mothman. Like having, I would imagine what they're describing is the equivalence of having a soul-wretching awkward moment happen in your life where it is debilitating how awkward you just fucking were in that moment. And then you can still look back on that, what, 10 to 20 years later? Fuck, I was so fucked in that scenario. All of eighth grade. Yes. Junior high is basically all of surrounded by people. This is how I feel a lot. All my awkward moments. And I look back and I go, why would I ever do that? Yeah, junior high. Things that still keep you up at night to this day. It's like, I don't even recognize that person. But would have done that, mm. you silly bitch. So imagine that feeling brought about to you times a hundred. <laughs> But outside of lasting impression, there was never any tangible evidence. No footprints, smells, droppings, or photos. It's also worth noting that although the creature is referred to as Mothman and portrayed as lurking in solidarity, some believe there are actually multiples of the creature, and in the case of West Virginia, they are housed among the dozens of concrete dome igloos of the old government facility outside Point Pleasant. So what? People just think there's just hordes of these things over by Point Pleasant? Mm-hmm. A gaggle of moth creatures? A flock of laser eyes? Quick, name, name one more thing. A scatter of dustings? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, they also described that the igloo-like structures back when it was in working order had grass covering them. So in a way, from an aerial view, you didn't know it was... You didn't know it was there. It was just another part of the landscape. They were somewhat still covered like that, but essentially just looked like doors going into a hill. So if you and your moth family were were trying to hide out, that might be it. Yeah, I mean, something that's as up to date and kept up as like a government facility, like knowing that there's no like leak, definitely a much more comfortable. I mean, if I were a Mothman and I was real estate shopping. Are um, you the real estate agent for (laughs) Mothman? (laughs) I mean, mean, guys, I realize that, you know, these caves have a great price on them. Okay. And it's like, it's very affordable. But if we look into these government facilities, like, I understand you've probably been around for hundreds of years, but have you heard of indoor plumbing? (laughs) Because it's very (laughs) nice. And if you guys would just try it out, So now let's recap where Mothman has appeared to residents of West Virginia thus far and what they could mean. 
The creature starts appearing as an angel to a child. People's cars are suddenly halted to a stop by a mothman in the middle of the road. Have the breaking story of the couples being chased from an old explosives plant after being spotted lurking around a cemetery along the banks of the Ohio River. And of course, there are tons more sightings we did not even get to cover. It is a regular part of the residents' everyday lives in Point Pleasant by this point in time. Then, a year after the TNT plant sightings, on December 15, 1967, 13 months to the day Mothman was spotted at the TNT plant, the Silver Bridge collapses, causing a national tragedy and changing how those of the area perceive the Mothman's presence. Yeah, the Silver Bridge collapse, it was a shocking and super strange day for that small town of Point Pleasant. So the Silver Bridge was an all-metal suspension bridge that spanned 700 feet connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Ohio across the Ohio River. On December 13th, two days before the collapse, two truck drivers report seeing the Mothman perched atop the 40-year-old bridge and kept their eye locked on the creature till it soared away into the sky. Others claim to have seen the Mothman as well prior to the bridge collapse and felt the creature was trying to warn them of something to come. Would you think that? Would you think that if you saw? Okay, let's say we we live in we live in the city of bridges. Right, which I commute over bridges on a pretty regular basis. On the, on the basically bridges. daily. I mean, if I saw something atop a bridge, a winged beast. You saw something atop a bridge because obviously you drive across it more than I do. Would you think it's an omen that this bridge is about to collapse? I think it's more so about the feeling Mothman can evoke in people and that in seeing the creature, especially the red eyes, there's just that given sense of dread. So if, let's say, Mothman was was in existence for the past year in Point Pleasant to warn them of something, I feel as you saw the creature closer to that point of the bridge, the feelings of dread would grow and be a heavier feeling. So if you saw him just a couple days before the disaster, that feeling would almost be at its peak. Unfortunately, disaster did come to the Silver Bridge on December 15, 1967, at 5.04 p.m., when a single metal connection failed. The bridge shook and twisted with screaming metal. Cables that suspended the bridge jolted apart with sparks. Concrete crumbled and caved, and the bridge completely collapsed into the Ohio River below. At the time of this disastrous malfunction, the bridge was packed, bumper to bumper with rush hour traffic, causing dozens of cars to sink into the icy winter water as well. Everybody's out. Everybody's in town. I come from a town. And I just think like... it's the holiday season. And on the day that they said it went down, the day it went down. Um, so inside the Mothman prophecies, they were showing basically just cars back to back on this bridge. I mean, the falling of this bridge is like absolutely tragic. More than 20 people were rescued, but tragically, 46 victims drowned and two were never recovered. That evening, families that lived near the TNT plant reported seeing red lights moving oddly and frantically above the plant. Oh, this is where I want to know, like, where do you stand on the moth? Like, on what he means when you see him? 
Because I stand in the camp of Mothman trying to warn and protect people, a guardian of sorts. And to me, this description of what we assume is the Mothman's eyes moving frantically at his home base are him mourning the loss of those he tried to protect or warn, an action of being upset. And I think the feeling of unspeakable dread people feel when peering into Mothman's eyes is like being all consumed by what the creature feels having this responsibility of being aware of tragedy to come and unable to communicate or protect the victims. Like maybe Mothman knew something was coming, but even he didn't know exactly what or when. I don't think he causes a disaster. I do I mean, yes, it may be like a communication barrier. Is he is he warning? I guess why is he there? Is he there to mourn or is he there to warn? Well, I think he's there to mourn, but I think afterwards when people see like red lights flying. I think I think it would be more of a warning, if anything, because as we as we can look, I mean Mothman has never reportedly attacked anybody. You know, he ha he has the full ability to or it has the full ability to, but never has. So at, le at least it's been reported because I guess if you're dead, you can't report it, right? If there's like an archaic creature come from somewhere very different, then there's going to be like a language barrier, right? Yeah. On, on top of that, he has abilities that we don't. So I feel like it's a creature that has to navigate that and also just fly around and it seems crazy and unknown to us, but really <laughs> there's probably like meaning to it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. Don't go here. It just sounds like cries to us. Right. Mothman's just like, I'm trying so hard. I'm doing my I best. Fucking listen. <laughs> so back to the bridge. A few people even reported receiving mysterious phone calls warning them to stay away from the bridge. That's the scary thing. That's the weird, not scary, but weird thing. In a phone at. And like we said, if he's having a communication barrier, why wasn't he just calling everybody? Hello, I'd like to tell you not to go on the fucking bridge today. Don't like, go shopping. <laughs> it took everything to get this phone line and I can't afford to keep it up, so I could only make a few phone calls. I can ever I can never talk any other time. It's just like since you're not looking at me, I'm not I don't feel embarrassed, so like do not go on the bridge. You'll fucking die, dude. Stop. But he had more ability than just the phone, apparently. One little girl said she was visited at her window by the Mothman the night before, but she didn't feel afraid and instead felt the creature was there to check in on her and care for her. On the day of the bridge collapse, that little girl's family had a trip planned and their route would take them over the Silver Bridge. In a last-minute change of events, the father was stricken with a headache, feeling too sick to drive, and canceled their plans. The family believed this was brought on by Mothman and saved their family's lives. Let's get to Mary Heyer. Mary Heyer, who was a journalist for the Athens Messenger in Ohio and worked very closely with John Keel, who wrote the Mothman prophecies, reported to John Keel far before the bridge incident of a terrible dream she had. Mary Heyer told Keel, quote, I had a terrible nightmare. There were lots of people drowning in the river and Christmas packages were floating everywhere in the water. It's like something awful is gonna happen. And after the bridge collapsed, she confided with tears to Keel that it was just like that she had dreamt. That's the worst, that's the oddest feeling. Walking through the deja vu of your own dream, that's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. Many people of Point Pleasant reported having dreams of something terrible to come in the weeks before. 
Could it have been Mothman sending them nightmares to warn them? Could it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he if Mothman's calling you, Mothman's calling you on the phone, and he can also fly. I'm gonna say it's not a far stretch that he's probably jumping inside your dreams too. Not a far oh, stretch. If he can make dads have headaches, debilitating headaches, probably using oh. phones and dreams. He's probably Freddy Kruegering you a little. I bet. I guarantee you, it's probably unreported because it was. Yeah, if you're giving dads headaches and like moving their therm thermostats, yeah, adds stuff. The reports of seeing Mothman tapered off after the bridge collapse. Though few stories still come up now and then, the people of Point Pleasant were devastated after the disaster. Reports of seeing Mothman tapered off after the bridge collapse, though few stories still come up now and then. People of Point Pleasant were devastated after the disaster. That day's events certainly made an impact on the town and surrounding area that looms to this day. Either Mothman warned of what he could and sailed on elsewhere after December 15, 1967, or once that feeling of dread came to fruition, the people of the small town needed to put ominous flying creatures behind them to move forward. If Mothman did soar above and creep within Point Pleasant, the question remains why? What brought such a creature to such a place? And that is where we will pick up in part two and try to get answers to in our final chapter of this Mothman series. West Virginia is not the only place Mothman has been reported. The creature has been seen around the world, conveniently popping up right before disaster strikes. Some of those being China, Germany, and even Ukraine. Each place tends to have its own theories as to where such a creature comes from, shedding more eerie red light on the mysterious Mothman, which we will also cover in part two. So please join us next week as we continue this fascinating and twisting tale. Bigfoot bless you.